You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, March 6th. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly, I promise you, certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You may be familiar with my work on the baseball writing space over at Just Baseball. Go check that out. Been trying to keep up my articles and whatnot more there lately, but you can also find me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, and at L-O underscore Padres, just in case you get uh, annoyed by some of my pop culture references and whatnot. Always talking Padres stuff. Always love hearing from you guys and your DMs and whatnot over at L-O, at L-O underscore Padres. You can also check out the YouTube at Lockdown Padres on YouTube. Pretty simple, right? And you can see whatever shirt I'm wearing. If you know what I'm wearing right here, leave a comment. Last night's episode was wild. Uh, and you can see the Tatis bobblehead, which there is a link to in the description. And thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Padres your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And on today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, it's it, it's it's an important topic. It's a topic that everybody's been talking about for a while now. That's what it feels like anyway. Um, everyone's been bringing this up ever since the Manny Machado extension. People have been bringing this up, dare I say, since the trade deadline last year and that is about Juan Soto and whether or not they can give him a contract extension and if they should the San Diego Padres um I felt that this was a good time to talk about this episode because for those who might not have seen um on Friday an article from John Heyman who you might be familiar with the the studio that brought you arson judge um <laughs> that was mean but uh he put out an article for the New York Post basically talking about how the Padres are set to begin negotiations with Juan Soto and Josh Hader. We're going to talk about the first of those two first, obviously being Juan Soto, one of the best players in all of baseball, and currently, according to FanDuel, has the number one odds for the National League MVP this year. That's That kind of tells the full story. But just in case you want a little bit more data, Juan Soto is just an absolute stud. And if there was ever a guy that it made sense for the Padres to blow up their farm, for any team to blow up their farm, and for any team to potentially pay going forward, it is Juan Soto. This is a 24-year-old player who, over the last few seasons... Um, the last three seasons, in fact, he's so good that literally being the worst defender in baseball uh, for the majority of these last couple seasons um, doesn't really affect his overall output. This is a guy who's put up six more seasons before. He put up a 3.7 his rookie year, 5.7 his second year, and then 2.6 in a COVID-shortened 2020, which should... 2.6 is wild in just 60 games, and then a 7 F4 in 2021, nearly winning an MVP, despite the fact that the Nationals were an absolute stink bomb, and then a 3.8 this past season, which was his quote-unquote down year. Despite that, he still had a WRC plus of 145, which is obscene, although he only slugged a pretty mediocre 452, which is... You know, infinitely lower than his already pretty pedestrian slugging percentage for a lifetime of 526. Uh, this is a guy who, the past three seasons, his walk rate has been at least 6% better than his strikeout rate. He's a freak. The only thing about him is that the defense. Uh, I think that his defense is somewhere in the middle. This is a guy who finished in the 90th percentile or around that range in the 2021 season. And then was in the bottom 
first percentile in 2022. So I expect that there to be at least some positive regression to the mean there. I do not know if this guy is going to be the worst in baseball. That's a little bit crazy. You know what I mean? And if he continues it, then that's a real problem for his value going forward, especially if his defense is bad again this year. Then I start to question, okay, are you just not that great of a defender? But now that he's on a winning team, maybe he was just used to seeing balls going flying over his head because he had Patrick Corbin and, you know, Steven Strasburg was, isn't even pitching, actually. Uh, he's been so banged up, you know, just giving up home runs every le- you know, every at-bat. Um, so that's that's really the main thing about Juan Soto is he's, he's a beast. I, I don't think that anyone would argue that this is probably pound for pound the best overall hitter in Major League Baseball when everything is right. Um, granted, I know Padres fans, the, the bobblehead and he, he's looking at me right now. He's saying, Hey, what's wrong with you? I'm the best. I know Tatis is amazing too, but it just goes to show you how incredible Juan Soto is, especially at this age. And at this age is the big thing at the age of 24. Um, that's what makes the, the prospect of extending Juan Soto so valid, uh, so necessary potentially for the Padres, um, right now, especially because they gave up so much talent. Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, Robert Hassel, James Wood, who Fangrass ranked as the number three prospect in all of baseball, right? And some other guys, uh, Roberto Suzuna, who has been a little bit sneaking under the radar, by the way, as a prospect. Um, So there's a lot of stuff that they gave up here. Like, let's be very clear. And for you to only get him for two and a half years after all that that you gave up, I don't think is the worst deal in the world. I don't think that that means that you had no plan and that you messed up two and a half years of arguably the best player in the game is still a huge plus, especially for a team still looking for its first world series championship. But it does make you wonder like, ah, dang, like, I feel like part of this was that we thought, okay, he turned down that big deal from the nationals. We're going to keep him in San Diego and complete what people are starting to dub Mount Crushmore, right? That would be Xander Bogarts, Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado. And if they're able to pull it off, Juan Soto. So the question is now, can they do it? There's actually some really fun quotes. I recommend everyone check out the New York Post uh, story. I won't um, spoil everything for you, but Xander Bogarts was like, hey, they got to pay you more than me. Like, to paraphrase, you know what I mean? Like, he's basically, yeah, we got to keep him here. Everybody's in full support of it. Uh, Manny Machado made a little bit of a crack, uh, I think, in one of those spring training videos or a conference thing, or it was his his, uh, introductory press conference. Or not introductory because he's been on the team before. What is it? What would that be called in this case? Just new press conference because he got the extension? I don't know. But he said, hey, hopefully Soto next. Does he know something? I don't know. But what I do know is that Peter Seidler and Padres management and ownership have shown that they're ready to will out the, the dump trucks. I mean, it's it's crazy out here. If this man comes out and says he wants a deal done, he gets it done. Um, and I know there's been a lot of talk. You guys can go check out Friday's episode about the whole sustainability stuff and whatnot that I did with Sully. Um, probably going to end up talking about that uh, sometime down the road, probably, because that's just what seems to be, unfortunately, the, um, I try not to use this word as much because it gets overused, but the you know, the story, the narrative around the Padres right now, instead of how great they are, there's a lot of you know media stuff, there's a lot of analyst stuff, there's a lot of fan stuff about, well, how are they doing this? You know, instead of being like, wow, this is awesome, a lot more people are wondering about the sustainability, which I think is a problem with baseball. But anyway, I think that one thing about Juan Soto and a a potential contract extension that I think is really important to note is I'm not totally certain that he wants a long-term deal. Or I should say, I don't think we know it for sure. I think it's likely that he'd want a a long-term deal. But this is a guy that turned down 14 years, $445 million, which is no chump change. That is a lot of money, 
especially for a guy who only has a few years of experience in baseball. Granted, I doubt that that's going to necessarily change. I'm not saying that Juan Soto is a small sample size guy. He's clearly not. But more rather that, wow, such a young player, you're ready to commit for the next, basically for his whole career? It's pretty wild. Um, and I've seen some people float some contract ideas out there. 15 years, $500 million, which would equal about $33 million, uh, per year in AAV. And that would be a whole lot. Let me tell you, that'd be a whole lot. But I really do believe, I'm not entirely certain, and Scott Boris usually likes his players to test free agency, so that's another part of this. Is he really going to want to sign a contract extension already, or is he going to want to go out there and give you a 7-F4 season again, and then a 6 the year after that, and be like, now I want 550 because by the time that happens, maybe money goes up, salary cap starts throwing enough, we're going to have new CBA stuff, whatever. Maybe that's their plan. Or... Is it possible that Juan Soto wants to do like a, a deal that takes him to 30, right? Shorter term deal with a huge AAV, and then he gets a contract after that, which potentially would give him even more, you know, more than 500 million. Maybe he, he finds a way into 700 million, whatever. I don't know. I don't know for sure. But it is an interesting prospect to behold. And you know what else is an interesting prospect, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Betting on basketball. Let me tell you. Let me tell you guys, betting on this dang uh, sport is is pretty rough if you are um, a betting fan. Maybe you bet on the Celtics last night. Well, hey, you might be a little bit upset now. Well, I have the thing to actually kind of uh, cheer you up. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I got you. If you're looking for a delicious treat, that's right. uh, Yeah, I messed up my ads a little bit. Uh, If you're looking for a delicious treat, though, ladies and gentlemen, so you don't mess up, when you're reading and giving public presentations of a sort of certain matter, uh, Built Bar's got you covered, man. Built Bar's got you covered. You have to try them, ladies and gentlemen. We just got through the holidays, obviously, and you know I've been eating a little bit healthier this year for sure. But when my sweet tooth starts acting up, let me tell you, Built Bar is always there for me. Covered in 100% real chocolate, they've got awesome, awesome flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almonds. My personal favorite, cherry barcia, and um, on top of all the flavors, like they really got a Ben and Jerry's thing going on right now where there's just new flavors popping up all the time and they've got, they've got a great variety. Um, the macros are really good. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. That's right. How wild is that? And now, you don't even need to wait. Walmart, Sam's Club, they got you covered. I was just at Walmart the other day and they had them. They had cookies and cream, in fact, which is another favorite. Of the locked on MLB kind of channel, I can I can vouch for that. They love cookies and cream. They love coconut brownie chunk. I'm the only chump <laughs> that seems to be the one that rides for the apple almond crisp flavor, which I haven't seen in so long. Maybe it'll return. Um, but yeah, these things are absolutely fanatic, uh, fantastic, ladies and gentlemen. You got to go check them out. They've got these four bar boxes of cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs. They've got two. Definitely check out their puffs if you're familiar with Almond Joy and how they would have the mounds. Think of it a little bit like that, except a little more coconutty. They're really, really good, though. You guys got to try those out, too. And they've even got 13 bar boxes. So they've got you covered. Sam's Club or Walmart. Go check them out, guys. The best protein bar you will ever have. Give it a shot. Ladies and gentlemen, after that little bit of a, a stumble of that ad read, I must say, we must continue talking about Sir Juan Soto. And on top of, this is the next part I want to talk about here. I have not kept it secret that I am very 
cautious about all these long-term deals because I've just been watching baseball for so long that they scare me. I'm sorry. You know, they just do. Uh, they, they really scare me. I always am nervous that, you know, some guy is going to decline and then all of a sudden you have a Strasburg situation. You have a Vernon Wells situation, just to give a little bit of a random other uh, player in there, right? You have a situation like Steven Strasburg. Now, don't get me wrong, they won a championship, which is very important to note that you got to spend money in the sport for sure, even if it might bite you in the butt a little bit later. Um, plenty of other guys. There are plenty of albatrosses, Miguel Cabrera, the, the former ground ball gremlin, Eric Hosmer. Like, there's a lot of bad contracts out there, but it, it's still, it just always scares me, especially in this case, only because the Padres have so many. I already talked about Mount Crushmore. You would be committed to all these guys for the next decade. That's wild. You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong. If you're going to commit to a bunch of guys, Manny, Xander, Soto, and Tatis are absolutely worthy of you trying to say, you know what, these are our Avengers, and we're going to go out and stop the bad guys because we're just going to be running a Death Star offense. Um, but my thing is, in fairness, it's not like the Padres have been 100% consistent these last few years. It's not that far removed from their collapse in 2021. Still some questions that I have about this um this year's team that we're going to do on another episode in terms of biggest fears for this team. Um, and the fears aren't that Soto won't be good. That is not what I'm saying. It's more that I'm just curious to what this contract will look like. Um, granted, it's not my money. Um, and granted, baseball money is a lot different. There isn't as hard of a salary cap as there is in the NFL and the NBA where you really got to try and decide, do we pay the quarterback now because then we want to make a better team around him? All that stuff, right? It's more a little bit more strategy-wise. I'm not, deba- I'm not going to debate the merits of whether or not there should be a salary cap in those sports. But bottom line is there's a little bit more strategy to it, right? In baseball, it's do whatever you want, essentially. Um, I think one of the biggest signs that a Soto deal could potentially happen is Manny Machado's contract, actually. Um, granted, this is usually part of the course lately. So I don't want to act like Manny's contract is the only example of this, but it is backloaded. The first three years of the deal, he is making $13 million. That's 2023, 2024, and 2025. And then in 2026, it jumps to $21 million. Could this potentially be a sign that Manny structured his contract this way? That way, over these next few years, which also theoretically should be some of the last, maybe some of the last like super-duper prime years of Manny's career, that you also get to build around him and build a better roster. It's totally possible. Um it's definitely a good sign. And it's definitely a good sign that this New York Post story came out in the first place. They re- they extended Manny Machado like a week ago. And the fact that they're already getting ahead of this, the fact that this is already being talked about, is a really good sign. And I think that the Padres' goodwill is another part of this. It has to be considered. And is, in my opinion, the most... I'd say next to their ability to retool and recover from bad trades that maybe A.J. Peller has made, I think they've also not got enough credit for the fact that they don't go to these arbitration hearings. Talked about this on Friday with Sully. They did not do a Corbin Burns, right? They don't go and say, Jay Cronenworth, we want to pay you $4 million, uh, instead of $4.5 million, right? They don't do stuff like that. It's just a random number. I know that's not a salary. They don't do that. And I think that's a really good sign of goodwill. They paid Fernando Tatis after half of his rookie season he played, essentially. And then it's truncated 2020. They were like, boom, we'll pay you. Is it probably less than what you might make if everything goes right and you hit free agency? Oh, absolutely. But hey, everyone gives credit to the Atlanta Braves. 
And I think they should be giving credit to the Padres for doing, or at least attempting to doing the same thing. They haven't been able to give get like the giant discount deals that I think some of the Braves players have. Ozzy Albies and especially Ronald Acuna Jr. are giant, giant examples of that. But even still, their thing is let's like keep our guys. Like got players, if anything, that we've seen over these past two years, they hate arbitration. They clearly do. And <clears throat> Corbin Burns being a good example why. So if there were something to happen here, I just wonder the 500 million thing could absolutely happen. Although 500 million is a lot for a positional player in baseball. I understand people have been talking about that with Shohei Otani, which is another factor I think to consider in this. I don't know how realistic it is for Shohei Otani on the Padres, not just because of the amount of money. And if they also want to do Soto and they want to do Otani, that payroll just gets out of control that I think even Peter Seidler might be like, hold on, but more so that uh, I just think that there are other teams Giants struck out this year. Dodgers didn't do too much. Yankees, Mets, you know what I mean? Like, I think those teams are going to be more ready to uh, really hand out the bag as opposed to the Padres, who just did Xander, just did Manny, and might do Soto, and also might do Josh Hader, who we're going to talk about in a second. I think that overall, I'm not totally sure if 15 years, 500 million, it makes sense. I don't know if it's going to be less than that. Because that would that would be like a hundred million more than the highest paid player in the game, right? Like in terms of a total net deal. So I don't know what it's going to be, but I think overall I won't hate this if they do it for sure. And if they don't do it, and say everything goes wrong for the Padres, there's going to be the question of whether or not they want to trade Juan Soto and maybe restock the farm, maybe get some other assets and whatnot. I don't know if that would happen either because if you have all these players on this team, seems like you're kind of committed. You're committed to the bit, dare I say. And I don't think that prospects would make sense when you have Manny Machado and Xander. But you would have to be getting ready-now prospects. You'd, you'd essentially have to trade them back to the Nationals. <laughs> you know what I mean? That way you get Hassel back, you get James Wood back, Gore and Abrams are ready to play. That's what you'd have to do. This team does not seem like that to me. Um, so I really feel like it is either they're ready to be like, these next two years, we got to win, or... They're like, we have to extend them. It feels like one of those two things. And I'm wondering whether or not Scott Boris will break his kind of tradition because of how how giving, how respectable the front office for the Padres have been that he'll be like, you know what? We're not going to test free agency. Let's start negotiating now. It's really interesting to be seen. Absolutely. Can't wait to see what happens there. But that leaves one more player, ladies and gentlemen. And I got a little bit of flack for this one on Twitter. Not flack, but a little bit of a pushback um, on Twitter. And that is about... Mr. Josh Hader, the bane of my existence last year. I, I love making fun of the, the Brewers. I've done this a lot. And, you know, I famously got on here and said he's cooked. That's it. Josh Hader's cooked. I said it. I said it. There have been things I've been right about this on this podcast. I was right about Trent Grisham in 2020. I was, I was right about him in 2022 that I didn't think he was that good. Especially from a hitting standpoint. Jeez. I was right about Denelson Lamette. I was very right about Joe Musgrove. Josh Hader, I might have been wrong on. Josh Hader looked absolutely lost last year when he was pitching for the Padres. Couldn't throw strikes. Guys weren't swinging at any of his swinging, uh, swinging at any of his outside the zone stuff. And he looked bad and he was getting hit hard. And he was staying in games and, you know, clearly Bob Melvin trusts him, which fairness makes sense. He's a beast. And he was awful. And it looked like he just completely forgot how to pitch. I compared it to the Araldis Chapman situation from a couple years ago where he had like a three-week stretch where he was walking three batters, giving up a grand slam, and leaving. I'm not even kidding. He's done that like a bunch of times for the Yankees. 
But what ended up happening, like Aralis Chapman, is he came back down to his regular form, especially the last couple like weeks of the season, and especially in the playoffs when he was routinely going in there, shutting down batters very quickly and getting strikeouts. So he kind of redeemed himself, and now he's entering a contract season. And he's being mentioned alongside uh, Juan Soto in this New York Post article. But before we continue talking about it, ladies and gentlemen, before we give my thoughts on this, because I am not as bullish on Josh Hader as I am about Juan Soto, I got to talk to you about something that hits close to my heart as someone who is also looking for some for some work lately. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. It's kind of like what I've been talking about. I want to make sure that these guys before the Padres you know, extend them make sense. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. That's right. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's awesome, guys. You can add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile on LinkedIn to spread the word that you're hiring. There's simple tools like screening questions, which make it easy to focus on candidates with you know, what are the right skills and what experience, and you can quickly prioritize, you know, which ones you want to interview, which ones you want to hire. They just make it really segmented and kind of easier for you. And it's kind of why, you know, um, small businesses, in fact, rate LinkedIn jobs the number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. And now, ladies and gentlemen, LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com, ladies and gentlemen slash locked on MLB. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Woo wee. All right, we're back everybody. Let's talk about Josh Hader, who was also, as I mentioned before, mentioned, as I mentioned before mentioned, uh, dumb word, vomit on my part there. Um, he was mentioned in this New York Post article and I think that I, I put out a tweet basically saying that I wasn't wild about this one. And quoting from the New York Post thing, Hader also said he would be absolutely, he would absolutely listen to any overture by the team. If it's a conversation that they want to have, we'll definitely have it, he said. Um, I put out a tweet basically saying that I wasn't wild about the Hader side of this story. And it mostly comes from Similar to what I was talking to at the beginning with long contracts scaring me. But for reliever, for relievers, it's always scared me. Um, relievers always scare me, um, for sure. Uh, I just think that, you know, we saw Liam Hendricks, and now Liam Hendricks is going through some separate things. But he got paid. A lot of these relievers go out and get paid, and they're usually very good. We just saw what Edwin Diaz got paid. You know, he's now the highest paid reliever in baseball, which makes sense. He probably should be. He's making 19.6 this year. But for me, I just get scared about paying relievers all that much. And don't get me wrong. I think that I'm not disagreeing that having relievers, especially in today's game and more that we know about the sport, having a good bullpen makes a difference. And it's also true that this is a Padres team that doesn't necessarily have an enormous amount of starting pitching depth. So they want to have a good bullpen. You have Suarez. Right? Suarez is an absolute beast. Nabil Krizma, I think, is underrated. Drew Pomeranz, if he gets healthy, he's been literally below a 2 ERA for his last, like, 44 innings. He's amazing. And then you have Josh Hader now, too. So, Javi, why would you be against it? I have given it some time over the weekend to think about it. And... 
don't get me wrong, I'm a little bit nervous about what happened at the end of the season with Josh Hader. It just felt like this is a little bit weird. I did a whole episode on it saying that despite my hatred for the Brewers, when it comes to trades, they usually are quite good at their trades. So that made me wonder, did they know something? Maybe they did, maybe they don't. It's totally possible one of two things, right? That they totally knew this guy's going to be damaged good soon and that he's losing it. We just see something. Or it's possible that the Brewers are just cheap as hell and they stink and they're boring and they said, let's get rid of our best assets despite being in first place. Both things are possible, but it does make me a little bit nervous. The highest paid relief pitchers in baseball, the Padres have currently at $14 million, Josh Hader, making $14 million this year. And then they also have Drew Pomeranz at number 10 and then Robert Suarez at number 11. Just worth pointing out there that it's not like the Padres haven't invested at all in their bullpen. There are other teams in the league especially the Phillies the past few years um, where like they just, they needed to spend on bullpen because they had gone through a long stretch, like a, a four or five year stretch where I swear that they just blew saves all the time. Now that they have, they have that Alvarado guy brought in David Robertson last year, right? Like they, they've invested and kind of recovered from that, but the Padres have shown, and this is one of my things. The Padres have shown a pretty remarkable ability at kind of filling out their bullpen lately, especially when it comes to their big time closers, right? They lose Kirby eights. No problem. We had Drew Pomeranz there. Then after that, they trade for Trevor Rosenthal. He's awesome for the rest of the year. Then you don't want to pay Trevor Rosenthal, despite the fact that he's a flamethrower. He's throwing 100 miles an hour. I remember everyone in my mentions saying, what the heck are they doing? you got to extend this guy. So instead they go out, Mark Melanson, and one more pitcher I'm forgetting. Was it Luis Garcia? No, Luis Garcia was last year. I'm forgetting who it was. It was it was a spiky sounding name. I don't remember exactly. My apologies, ladies and gentlemen. But they said do that. And then what does Mark Melanson do? He was great, especially at his salary. I know in the second half he faltered a little bit, but so did everybody. And then they lose Melanson. Everyone said, what the heck are you doing? So what do they do? They bring in Luis Garcia, Nick Martinez, although he's more used as a starter, and then Robert Suarez. That ends up awesome. Luis Garcia occasionally having some bad outings, but a fine pitcher. And it makes up for losing Andres Munez uh, in the Thai France, for, you know, Austin Lola trade. Oh, God. Lord Almighty. Um, I'm only saying all this because the Padres have shown that they are able to kind of go out and get relievers. Having good relievers is very important, but it's not necessarily an impossible thing to do. And I think the Padres have shown us that they've done a good job at finding talent in the bullpen. So that's part of why I'd be a little bit resistant to be like, I kind of thought, and maybe this is me being dumb. And there's another reason for me dumb, uh, be being dumb more than usual. But I thought, hey, part of why I like the Robert Suarez contract is, yeah, it was just one year, but I think he's legit. He throws gas sometimes. I know he got hit by Bryce Harper, but I don't think he should have been in that inning. But he throws gas. And I thought they said, you know what? We think this guy is like a top 10 closer. We're going to pay him early. And then if, if Josh Hader walks next year, we don't have to worry about paying him even more for what we think is going to be a guy who's pretty comparable to him. That was my thinking behind that contract extension for Suarez. Maybe that isn't what it is. If you were to lock up Josh Hader, it's not like I'm going to log on to this app and just be super pissed. I'm not. I, I, I just wouldn't be super pissed. It is so fun that they're doing any of this to begin with. But I think one point that is worth bringing up that I had not think thought about, that I did think about over the weekend, is that they are going to lose some salary um, off the books this year. Blake Snell is one of the possibilities that he leaves, still hasn't been extended and whatnot. He might leave in free agency, which would stink, but it is something that, you know, I haven't even heard rumors about them extending him. So we'll see how that all transpires. Um, 
they also have Drew Pomerantz off the books, which I did not realize. They gave him a four-year, what was it, $40 million deal? I have to see if I can find it. They gave him a, a pretty, uh, not jumbo contract, but a pretty good contract for a guy who was a was at the time viewed as a failed starter, right? Uh, that's kind of unfortunately um, how everybody viewed him. But, you know, after that, that's the next just $10 million. You'd be paying Josh Hader, what, like potentially $20 million a year? Because he's probably going to want more than Edwin Diaz, especially if he goes out and delivers. Because Edwin Diaz, in fairness, a little bit of an up-and-down career. He's had some lightning years before. He had one in Seattle, and then he had a, a pretty good one with the Mets, and then he was bad with the Mets, and then he had last year, right? So he's been a little up-and-down. Josh Hader, aside from that that weird stretch at the end of this past season, um, has been you know, the best relief pitcher basically in baseball, um, basically entirely. From what I've been watching, I know that there is a couple guys, you know, maybe, you know, one of those years, maybe it was the last good year from Craig Kimbrell. You know, you got Kenley Jansen, guys like that. But it's been Josh Hader. He's been an absolute lights out guy. I think for me, I wouldn't be so bullish to extend Josh Hader. I'd like to see what he does this year. Soto, I'm good. I got it. But I'm st- I just cannot get out of my head what happened to him. Maybe he was pitching so poorly that I should have expected. All right, he's not going to fall off the face of the earth and be bad. Maybe he's just going to be okay. You know, this has been my theory about play. It's like, come on, Blake Snell, don't don't be atrocious, just be okay. That's totally possible too. But it's for those reasons, the fact that just paying relievers and giving up a lot of assets for them, especially giving up a lot of assets for them, um, just is usually not necessarily the way to go. Because it, it feels like it's a, 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 um, a problem that can be fixed by other means. And you can kind of get by that way. Especially when the Padres have Suarez and they have some good guys in that bullpen. Um, and also because I just don't trust that the Brewers were just totally idiotic and cheap. I think it's possible they saw something. And I just want to see it play out. Soto, Soto, I'd love to just extend get that done. That would be great. But with Josh Hader, I'm a little bit more reluctant I just think you can find really good relief pitchers out there and maybe even get a couple guys that might cost you like four or five million and you get two of those guys instead of get giving it all to Josh Hader. But again, I am usually an idiot. It's so it probably means by the time you guys are watching or listening to this episode, they will have extended Josh Hader for six years, 180, and Juanso just got a $550 million deal. It's probably what's going to happen, because I'm always wrong about this, apparently. I thought that Michael Conforto was the number one target. They went out and signed Xander Bogarts and try, tried to get Trey Turner, so what the heck do I know? Um, but yeah, those are my thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. My preliminary thoughts on the Juan Soto and Josh Hader extension talks. And with that, That about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Send me nice things. I would love kind words. You can talk to me about my shirt. Totally cool with that, too. Any questions, whatever. And at L-O underscore Padres for the same thing. And then Lockdown Padres for the YouTube channel. Going to be doing some fun stuff. Probably another crossover with my boy, Ryland Styles. Going to be talking about my biggest fears, which I alluded to in the podcast. Biggest fears for this upcoming Padres season. Going to be talking about Hassan Kim. All sorts of goodies coming your way. Even though it's not opening day yet. That's right. I spoil you guys. It's crazy. Wow. Look at this content. Wow. Look at that. But anyway, until next time, stay safe. And, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies. Take care.